This is the Behind Closed Doors podcast, a podcast that talks about real-life issues as seen through the lens of a millennial. We are not our circumstances. Our circumstances are a part of us. So join me as we unpack these conversations. And now, host Cece. On today's episode, our guest is going to run us through how grief has been and uh, just before I introduce this guest let me just say this is a fellow podcaster who is the host of the one with the talking and before I murder her introduction let me let her introduce herself Abby welcome to behind closed doors hi everyone my name is Abigail and I am the host of a podcast called the one with the talking where we have conversations centered around all things faith, hope, and love. I love people. I love interacting with um, people. That's something that, and when I say interacting, I don't mean like, I mean, I can sit where people are sitting and having conversations and just enjoy being around people. I love to learn. And I'm very excited to be here because this is like the first um podcast that I have um you know like where I have joined and I'm being interviewed so this is a huge milestone and I'm very excited for that well I'm humbled to be the one to do that for you so Abby I just want us to have a conversation and I know this is a very triggering conversation for most people and Mm -hmm. also I suppose on your part as well because this is something that you've lived through and this is something that you're currently living through. I know for me, mm-hmm. it's really difficult to talk about it. And uh, so today I want us to have a brief but in-depth conversation just centered mm-hmm. around grief. And um, as we just get into that, tell us a bit about, you know, your upbringing and all things Abby. Like, tell us, okay. you know, family and all. Okay. So I am the firstborn in my family and um, I have actually the firstborn to my mom. I have two brothers and one sister. And um, yes, we grew up um, in Lusaka, born and bred in Lusaka. And my mom and dad, like we live together, obviously, with everyone. Happy family. Uh, my dad is a pastor. So, yeah, growing up, I've been always characterized as, you know, the pastor's kids. And, yeah, it's been quite an interesting journey because, you know, I have learned that people have all these preconceived notions. And that sort of, like, you know, put me in a shell of some sort because people had this idea of who I was. And when I was younger, I didn't really, like, I only knew how to live up to the expectations that people had. And that didn't bring out the real me. Um, But yes, fast forward a couple of years down the line, at least we have established who Abby is. And that's someone who definitely um, loves God. Um, I got to along the way learn and have experienced God on my own. And I love to laugh. Like you will catch me laughing anytime, any day. Like laughter is just food for the swan. I believe it (laughs) heals a lot of things. Um, yes, and that's pretty much me. I've been a very, I am, I think I was an introverted child, but I am now an introverted extrovert. <laughs> I love, um, I love reading. Learned um, early on in life that 
I love reading and I love talking, having conversations and just learning from people and life. Oh, fascinating. How did the, um, actually you mentioned something that was um, quite interesting and when you said being a pastor's kid, there was all these preconceived notions about that. I was actually about to comment and say, they do say pastor's kids are the most um, notorious or, you know, <laughs> naughty and all that. How true is that? Because to um, a degree, though, I think I've come across a lot of pastor's kids and the, the myth quite stands, hey? So <laughs> how are you going to debunk <laughs> that knowing that, yo, <laughs> pastor's kids, hey? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, um, to some degree, yes, it is there's some truth to that narrative. Although I could classify myself as the exception to that narrative because I was not, I am not that kind. You know how they say, no, pastor's kids this, they are notorious, they are what, a bit extreme, and they're the total opposite of what, um, you know, their parents or maybe the father or the mother, whoever is a preacher. And I believe that narrative is a very wrong one um, because, you know, it's just a standard that has been set because your parents are this and that bar is just, you're born in a society where the bar has just been set for you. And so no matter what you do, um, it will be considered notorious because it is against what people expect a pastor's child to be. And people forget the human aspect of it all. So, yeah. Oh, I hear you. So it's just like any other person, you know, we are all notorious to a degree but because you guys are past as kids you are labeled, yeah. you are labeled under a certain type of esteem and whatnot hey yes so how, how did you get into the podcasting thing how did how that how did that come about and why faith is it also because you're a pastor's kid and you're just you know <laughs> carrying, <laughs> carrying on the family legacy to say oh oh wait got no. things here so i'm gonna do a podcast <laughs> that talks about oh faith <laughs> Jesus, God. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow, no. Um, very interesting question. Um, funny enough, no. Actually, I think growing up, if in fact, even up to now, like if there's, okay, maybe not now, but like I actually ran away from the, and you know, that's actually another comment that we get. It's like, oh, no, you're going to carry on the legacy. What was just like, no, guys, God spoke to my father, not to me. <laughs> um, but um. On a more serious note, um, I, I think I chose faith because, or hope, faith and love, because I have experienced a lot of things. And to be honest, I just believe that life is centered around our relationships. And that's um, to a degree you can actually come and bring it all down to hope, faith and love in life. Not just, and you know, when you say faith, of course, yes, most of it, majority of my life is based off faith as in religion, Christianity, faith, kind of faith. And also it's just faith. Like, you know, we exercise faith um, in a lot of things. You know, even just when you get on a car, it's just that we master it so much, we we don't know it. But like even getting in a car, there's no guarantee that, you know, the car, okay, yes, there's all those things that we are. But you get what I'm saying. There's that degree yeah. of faith. Uh-huh. And why podcasting? I started, um, to, I've always loved the radio. So growing up, I used to listen to the radio a lot. That was like my friend because my parents decided that, you know, we are not going to allow you. You know how when you have strict parents growing up. Yeah. So the radio became my friend. I didn't have a phone. That was my source of entertainment. And I developed that interest and I'd always tell myself, oh my God, I would love to have my own radio station and have my own conversations or just be a radio host. 
And when I grew up, I actually discovered that. Ah, so it's not as easy as I thought, you know, where you, I, I thought it would be just as straightforward. And so then I did casting as my own version of radio and a step towards, you know, achieving my dream. Yeah. And that's how I started um, podcasting because I love, like, obviously conversations are a huge part of me. And I said, look, every time I want to have a conversation, you know, with people around me, sometimes people would not be as responsive. So podcasting was a way for me to actually have conversations um, with myself and with whoever was listening. Beautiful stuff. So when, when we get into the more, you know, difficult conversation now, um, mm-hmm. when, when did you lose your mom and uh, just like run us through how that went and what that looked like? Okay. So um I lost my mom in 2016. That definitely is the toughest year. Like that was the toughest year you know I've ever experienced because it's just you move from having someone in your life to just not having them. And she was unwell like um for the longest time. And so low-key, in the back of our minds, we knew that it could happen. We had conversations, even with her, about it. And she would say, no, no, this is going to happen. And would always be like, you know, don't talk about this stuff, blah, 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 blah. Um, but when it happened, it was different. So, yeah, that was the whole experience. But I lost my mom in 2016. And it's been a journey, like a, a, a long journey. Uh, you know how you just mentioned that you had these conversations with your mom and all that, and all of you are expecting this, but and you just mentioned that it was different when it happened. It's that thing where you think you are ready for it, that when it happens, okay, you know it's about to happen and you're ready for it, and it's a different wave altogether mm-hmm. when it actually happens, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, all this is happening your mom has passed away. There's a funeral mm-hmm. and all that. I feel like, um, okay, I believe that the real funeral happens after everybody else is gone. You know, the reality of it hits when now yeah. you have to get back to your home and start a day without this person being there anymore. The routine that you had all along is now distorted because this person isn't there anymore and now the realization comes to say, oh, my God, this person will never, ever come back. Mm-hmm. I just, how, how did that look like for you? Um, so um, for me, that was um, a lot. Like, it was really huge. The transition was um, very, very difficult to navigate. But I must mention that my siblings and my siblings includes people that we grew up with because our home was one that was always filled. We always had people. So we have um, people in our family that we grew up with. And actually, some people thought we were siblings. And even up to now, they're just like, oh, you mean that's not your actually your biological sibling? So we had each other. And that um, it really, to be honest, made the burden a lot less heavy 
because like you've mentioned the transition was a lot from we had so many people around for those couple of days and then everyone left and it was just us and to this day you know we always hold that moment those moments so dear because I remember the, when the reality hit, we would sit and, you know, you know where sometimes you just randomly get hit with those emotions and the emotions would come. And for me, it was a bit easier to navigate. For some of my siblings, not so much because they processed grief differently. But for me, it was just, I, I allowed, uh, I'm an emotional person, so I allow my emotions to come as they are and then we process what's going on. So it was a lot, very difficult to be na to navigate, to be honest. Um, but it was made easier because I, I was surrounded with my siblings and we were all going through the same thing. Oh, that's good. And uh, I like that you mentioned that um, you let emotions just flow and you feel whatever you're feeling. I think for most mm -hmm. people, we are so closed off and we're very what exactly we're feeling because we escape that um, we're supposed to look a certain way or feel and behave a certain way, especially when centered around loss and all this. So now, mm -hmm. uh, what do you feel was, um, not even what do you feel, how, how, how did grief look for you as an emotional person? How did grief look for you? Um, you know, for me, grief looked like um, a way of relief. You know, it actually helped me stay grounded and actually realize that this is what's happening. Because, um, you know, when grief, like, you know, when it happens, when you lose someone that you love, it's a lot, like it's a lot, there's a whole lot, you have a lot of questions, you have a lot of emotions. And for me, grief was just that. It's allowing me to say, look, you are a human being, you are human, and this is what's happening. So grief looked um, very very especially in the beginning the first couple of months it was very um what's the word what word can I use it was very it was very emotional it was very solemn I think that's the word grief was uh, I know it's grief you think of solemnness but it was like it was really tough but very necessary something that I needed to help me push on and help me to even get to where I am today I believe because of how I accepted grief. Grief looked um, like acceptance. It looked like, um, ah, yeah, I think I can just say acceptance. For me, that was grief. It was accepting that this is my reality and um, this is what we are going through. Okay. Uh, I think for me, my, my hardest stage of grief was denial because I, I lived in denial for the longest time. And mm -hmm. I, I, didn't, I didn't get to acceptance for a very long time. For a, mm -hmm. a period, I just made it seem like, you know, uh, this person that I've just lost is still there somewhere. Uh, they're, just, mm -hmm. they're just like in a different place, but they're not gone, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I guess maybe my next question would probably be, um, what... What is the biggest thing that changed for you? Like where you said, oh, wow. This, this, obviously a lot of your life has been affected. Yeah. But mm -hmm. where did you find the most emptiness? Um, 
I think I found this. There's there's a message that um it's a quote that I got from not really a quote, but something that I got from someone. And that I think best answers the question. It says it's not the days that um we had that I missed the most, but the days that like the days that she's not here to spend with me. And that's where I think it hurt the most because my life literally just switched. You know, I moved from being a child to, and I'm the, remember I'm the first born girl. So now you have this huge responsibility and you just know how Zambian homes, African homes are. I have this huge responsibility that was on my shoulders because the mother is not there. Already I was by, by virtue of birth, I was a deputy parent. And now the mother is not there and I am the next adult, the female adult. And so that responsibility just shifted and it was on me and it was heavy. And on top of that, there's my dad. And you know how people in Africa, like it's just, you have to take care of your dad. You have to um, do this. You have to do that. You have to take care of the home. And it was a lot. So that for me. How old are you when all this is happening? I was 20, I think. Yeah, I should have been like 20. So now you're made to be a parent to your siblings and a mother in the home at 20. Yeah. How, how does all this affect now your life? That's mentally, mm. your relationships, mm. emotions. And, you know, um, I didn't really look at it. Um, like in hindsight, now I look and see how, just how much that affected me. Um, but... It, back then I didn't so how did this affect me I think it gave me I had to grow up okay so even your social life like you know you just automatically because of what the people around you and there's no one who's really embracing and saying this is how we're going to help you go through this you I automatically switched into mom mode and even up to now I suffer like my siblings are constantly telling me like to remind me to turn that mom but I don't think it will ever go off now but I've, I've learned to manage it but um, so mentally in my mind, I'm thinking now I just have to take care of people. I have to do this. I have to do that. And it, it, it just becomes, it's a lot of pressure. Like there's a lot of pressure that I got. And oh, emotionally, it, I'm, naturally, I'm a very emotional person. So that just became a lot. And at some point, I remember shutting off. And because society tells you, no, you have to be strong. You have to be tough. And so I moved from... The process of grief, remember, for me was I had allowed all of this. I allowed myself to feel everything. And then I went through a phase of just shutting off and just saying, no, you can't cry. You can't do this because you have to be strong for your siblings. And those are the things that people tell you. You have to be strong for your siblings. So emotionally, it was a lot because I wasn't. And that affected me mentally also. And that affected my school. I had um, I was in school. And so that also now it, it, it just became a lot. I ish. But I didn't realize it then. I actually didn't realize. So you know where you have a situation where there's a lot going on in your life. I had to move back from school. I came back home. So I was going to school from home. And everything just changed. The dynamics changed because everyone said, you have to take care of this. And no one is actually asking you and saying, who's taking care of you? Because you have to take care of people or you have to do this. And so I learned to rely on myself a lot. Like... I had to just become self-reliable and that for my mental health wasn't good. Um, 
And so again, I, I learned, uh, like, you know, that I had a coping mechanism in place. And years down the line, I should say maybe like two, three years um, down the line, I had to unlearn what I had learned um, because of my coping mechanism. Yeah. Uh, that, that is quite intense. Uh, so you lived in fight mode for the longest time and now I think like, yeah. the learning process is what is I think maybe on my part has been so difficult because you're always so used to being available for yourself and you always know that nobody's coming to save me nobody's mm-hmm. going to listen to me cry so I can't I can't now show emotion I have to be the strong one but then who's going to be strong for the strong person right and so mm-hmm. now um the unlearning, how was that unlearning process? At what point does it hit you to say, you know what, Abby, you also have to let some, you also have to lean on someone else's shoulder. How did the unlearning hit? Like what, what was that aha moment okay. when you had to say, okay, now we need to unlearn this? Um, so I think for me, I will say somewhere around... 2019 so this is like the aha moment came later but i will say it started from there so i i i I, the people that were around me i guess because of my personality and all of that started telling me about this young women's organization so i learned that you need to listen to copas you need to attend one of their sessions blah 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 and i would push them off for the longest time but eventually I was like, oh my God, okay, let me do this so that these people should stop making noise. And I went there and I sat down and I said, yep, this is it. So um, it is a, a network for young women. And that really, 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 really helped me find myself again. It helped ground me. It helped me realize that, okay, you know what, there's certain things that are going on that um, should not be. You need to help rediscover yourself. You need to understand who you are and I think it's from that point going forward to date that I actually realized to say okay so there's been a lot going on and that sort of became so I to date I always say like you know finding Kupe and I think one of the things there's a lot of my mom that I saw I see in this organization and so this became like my safe haven it became a place where I realized that okay so I've been going through life thinking it's like this when it's not actually like this. I've been going through life thinking, um, you know, this is how you should do it. This is how you should handle grief. This is how you should do this and that. And there's actually a community of people that are willing and ready to help. Um, So it's at that point. And I guess also after growing a little, my, my family, like there's some family members that actually started reaching out more and saying, hey, we're here. If you need to talk, you do not have to carry this on your own. But then because of like, you know, the the fight mode, I, I it wasn't immediate. But I think from 2019, going forward is the time that I actually said, oh, okay. So 2019, she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, it's a whole process and there's you start hearing these things, but then you are used to so much and you're used to a whole new th- something and then being introduced to something it's a whole process so 2019 I began to hear and have those conversations and maybe like a year or two later is when the the actual aha moment came okay so now in the in this 
in the past six years, yeah? Mm-hmm. I know everything has, uh, you know, life has changed and everything is different now. Which one would you think, which one, okay, not think, which one would you say toughest year for you or had been the toughest period for you after you lost your mom? What was happening? Um, okay. And what, I would how say than all these other times. Um, I would have to say definitely um, <laughs> my most recent, like this last year, I, I think it's been the most, it's, it's been a lot. In fact, no, 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 no. The last three years, the last three years have been the most challenging years without my mom. And it's because of life happening and me actually realizing a whole lot even just about my family and it's like oh shame like it's been a lot I like I really 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 miss her and I realized just how close we were and you know when I think about like this is not to say like you know it gets depressing it's just me recognizing that um there's so much would have done there's so much about life now that she would have enjoyed and it gets to me like so much and interacting like over the years, I think now the last, in the last three years, I have met people who to date, even just, I think before this um, interview, I, I came across someone who was, who did a post and was talking about her and it, it always hits me. It's like this woman had so much impact. She, she, she was a mother, not just to me, but to many. And so it's like every time, I, I, I think about her now. I think about how how much I miss her. And so that's what that's that that's like the greatest thing. It's like I miss her more with each year. You would think grief, you know, by now you'd be like, oh my God, no, maybe she get no, 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 no. I like I miss her more now than I did um Before, whenever. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the last three years have been a lot because there's been so much that has happened. I think I had even just, and you know, even just like, um, cause I had a beautiful relationship with my mom, but I guess because I was young, she, we, there's certain conversations we didn't have. And it's me realizing now that it's shame. Like it won't be the same. Of course. Yes. There's people that I can talk to There's people, but there's just that part that like it, it I, and I don't know if it will ever go away. Maybe in the future but there's that longing for my mom that yeah so it's it's now the last few years because life has been crazy went through a very 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 (laughs) difficult or interesting heartbreak Mm -hmm. and yeah (laughs) it's always the heartbreaks yeah that make you realize that yo i wish i could cry (laughs) to mom Yes, it's like I want my mommy. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, Jesus, it's so painful. Please, mommy, where are you? Mommy, please. I'm telling you, but yo. And I think it's yeah. also that thing about, um, I would have asked my mom to say, what? how was your first heartbreak like? Because, mom, I can't breathe. Yes. <laughs> I can't, I'm not surviving this. Tell me it's going to be okay you know yes and it's it's because you know that that's your mom and she's not going to 
you know, there's that level of judgment that you get from people. There's that level of, I, 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 you can't explain it. Your mom is just, the mo your mother's love is your mother's love, guys. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you know, there was something that recently pissed me off, eh? I was, uh, um, I was telling somebody how I had been very sad for a few, like, the week prior to me meeting that person. Uh, mm -hmm. I was telling them, oh, I was very sad this week. I I just sat down and I thought about my mom and I was crying. And then this person says to me, um, you still do that? I have never <gasps> felt so much anger in my life. Because um, in this, I just remember because you mentioned to say you you miss your mom even more than it was before. And it's like the older you grow, the more you actually just want your mom. And then it got me thinking, actually, I'm like, so these people. And I, I, I guess maybe it's from like a point of from a place of ignorance or something that because you have never had to feel this. You. You don't know how it feels like and you think it's something about um okay, yes, this has happened. I think Charlie mentioned to say that it's like, rest in peace, we have accepted. It's your turn to accept. Why are you still, you know, crying over this? Accept now. And I think that was very upsetting. And I think these are some of the myths that we need to debunk. I think these are like conversations that we need, yeah. that need to be had, yeah? What are some of the mm -hmm. most triggering things that people have told you, especially centered around death and grief? Um, the first one is the one that you've said, like, no, at this point, you, you have to stop crying. Like, you know, it, it's, it's been a, a while. I'm like, excuse me. And I think another thing that's triggering is, 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 is just that for me personally, I do not. And I guess it's been the whole grief experience. I just don't like people who haven't experienced what I've experienced to come and talk to me about. No, as long as you haven't lost a parent, talk to me. Let's have conversations around something else. The people who come and start having conversation, no, you have to, it's, it's, again, I'm not saying don't come and talk about it, but it's, it's up to a certain level. Uh, the, the, the idea that, you know, when grief happens, um, it's automatic and there are these stages that have to be, for me, that's quite triggering because I believe people process grief differently. Um, when it happened, I remember uh, it was different for my siblings. They processed, it, processed this in a different way. And I don't like people who come and tell you, okay, now you have to cry. Lila, 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 Pamanje, because... No, it's different. We are different people, guys. You can't tell me when to cry and when to stop crying. You can't come and start telling me. So I think that's been the greatest trigger, to be honest. Like, yeah. they want to come and dictate to you how you should be, how you should... And also people who come and start telling this is what she would have wanted. No, my friend, that was my mom. I stayed with her. I wasn't young. I was an adult. So I know what she would have wanted. I know what she wouldn't have wanted. So I think that also is quite triggering. But in all of this, I have learned to understand um, the ignorance the ignorance of it all so there's people who are just ignorant maybe because intentionally or unintentionally so i do have the grace to also say even in a manner even when i'm triggered i'll just come and tell you i'll say look you know what maybe let's not have this conversation or 
let me explain it to you from my perspective so that you understand so to handle the situation with grace so in as much as i get triggered i also remember to look at it from the other side or the other person's point of view and you're able to tell when it's just downright ignorance or <laughs> when it's someone who made a genuine mistake so yeah yeah i think that is so true and but then for me i think i'm still balancing between you are now dead to me. I've cut you off because you're being mm. very stupid. Or, you know what? It's from a place of ignorance and I understand that you don't know how this feels. And I think you're right to say that um, people shouldn't speak on pain that they don't understand. Mm-hmm. If you've never lost somebody, the most you can do is my condolences. I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. However, you need to be there for you. Yes. Not... It gets better with time. No, honey, you don't know. (laughs) You don't know. You've never experienced it. (laughs) You know? So I think, yeah, you're right to that too, about that. Um, I've even lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. So I think a few days ago, I sat down and I I was crying. Like, I was crying like a baby. Mm. I think it was... um, I say to myself, I said, God, uh, life is so hard. And it's like it gets harder as I grow. And I've never needed my mother so much than right now. Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, being a woman, you, when you get to certain ages, you're like, am I, am, I, am I behaving properly? Like, dear God, am, mm-hmm. I, am I being the right lady? Is this how I'm supposed to behave? It's like you're just going through life just saying oh god i hope i'm doing the right thing but dear god i need my mommy i need her to tell me that cc behave this way cc when you're at this state you do this mm-hmm. Cece, this, i just feel like so much would have been like so many things would have been so much easier having her around but now the fact that she's not there and i have to go through life by myself figure out being a woman by myself is so depressing um it really just breaks my heart you know how how has that been for you just you know the transition of now being an adult the transition of being being an adult like from being a teen and all that to being an adult Mm -hmm. without your 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 mom around how's that Mm -hmm. been for you Mm, it's not easy guys (laughs) oh wow um it's been a lot i've mentioned i have not been lacking of help um ish (laughs) that transition was quite interesting um because then you move from you know a position where you think oh i thought I know who I am. And that's just you in your young adult teenagehood <laughs> phase. And um, life continues to happen. But it's been a very interesting journey. It's been a roller coaster. Um, but because, you know, I had some very good years with my mom before she left, at least when I was like my in my teenage years. So I really just held on to what she knew. And for some reason, like God would always bring people in my life, like people, because everyone got to experience 
my mom and at different stages of life. And so at every stage, I've had someone low-key coming in and they don't even know it. I, I probably not even told them, but I had guidance from them in a way. And it's because I trusted them based off the relationship I saw them have with my mom. So it's not been um, easy because at the end of the day, no one will replace your mom. But I've had at least some guidance. And I think the hardest part has been just having to figure it out on my own because there's certain conversations, like you're saying, that are definitely just difficult to have with other people. No matter how much they come and tell you, I am here, I am... I've got you, we are here. It's just, it's just been a lot because then you have that, you know, your mind is telling you all these things and yeah. But it's been quite an interesting transition. Discovering who I am as an adult, what I want to do, um, the plans that I have without my biggest cheerleader. Yeah, it's been challenging but not impossible yeah and i think um we're very blessed to have to have had known you know our moms because some people lost their parents very young and they never had that they never got to have that relation Mm -hmm. and so now coming like coming from a home that is centered around god and having a pastor for for a dad how was grief with God and with your family? Mm-hmm. I went through. I just, I was mad. Like I was downright mad. I did not want to have conversations with him because I was just like, nope, you're not going to do this. Like, no, like I really was just mad. And that really affected um, my relationship with God because I had all these questions, all this hurts and grief. And so it was, yeah, no, the relationship with God when this just happened was bad. Like, not bad. It wasn't good. Um, but yeah, I thank God for the people in my circle and people who were very understanding. But that relationship, nah, uh-uh. I, I went through that. And so even now, like, when I come across someone who is going through grief, the loss of, ah, I understand. I don't, I don't put pressure. I don't, it's just, you just have to be there. Just be there. But yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think that is so true about, you know, having like a broken relationship with God, especially in your time of grief, because it's God, you are supposed to make things okay. But why are you taking away people in my life? Why are you letting this happen? Like, you know how people will be like, oh no, everything happens for a reason. Now, just, now that I've remembered, that pisses me off so much because no, yeah. you can't tell yes. me that everything happens <laughs> for a reason. I don't deserve <laughs> to not have a parent. That's yeah. is not, what is the reason? What is the reason here, you know? And um, um, what was I about to say? I think I got to a place where I'm just like, God, I, I don't know why you have done this or why you think I'm part of your strong soldiers who needs to go through this. Please remove me from this list. <laughs> I mean, I'm one of the weak ones. <laughs> you know, I don't want to have to experience these things. And it's very painful that 
the person that I need to pray to is the one who's allowing this to happen because I don't know why I've allowed this to happen. And your relationship really gets a bit shaky and just also the walk back to God. Because now you're doing a podcast that is centered around faith and all and love and hope. Well, how mm-hmm. how did you get back to God? Um, I think my foundation, first and foremost, my foundation with God. You know how I have grown up. My background obviously has that. So my foundation, first and foremost, was pretty firm. So, of course, life happened. Life continues to happen. And it is a decision, a deliberate decision that I made, continue to make to say, at the end of the day, this is my life. This is what I have chosen. This is my faith. And I choose to walk this path despite all that has happened. It's a decision that we have to make. It's like any relationship, when you look at it, life happens. Um, Romantic relationships, platonic relationships, even your friendship, someone will hurt you or offend you. That's something, that's life happening. And the choice is yours. You can actually say, you know what, this is the end of our friendship and you guys part ways. Or you say, look, despite all this happening against all the odds that are here, we can push through this. So my relationship back to him at the end of the day was because firstly, my foundation was quite steady. Um, And also a deliberate decision that I made to say, look, um, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go back and I'm going to use whatever it is that has happened. These are principles that we use even in life. It's like when we say, there's that saying, um, when you fall down, you get back up. And so that's the choice that I made. I said, look, this has happened and I'm not going to let this define me. Um, although it did, loss really helped me shape up in different ways. But yes, that's that's been me and what the decision that I made. It comes down to the decision. What choice are you going to make? It's it's up to you at the end of the day. If you choose, I'm going to let this grief be the end of my relationship with God. That's the choice that you have made. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how has how has the healing been to acceptance and just around acceptance? Because I think in the beginning you mentioned how you got to acceptance pretty quick. So mm-hmm. now how has healing been just being able to continue just existing through loss? So um, it's, I think, a huge part of my journey has been acknowledging how I'm feeling. Um, my journey, healing, I think it's, it's a continuous process. And I just take it, I, I, one of the mottos that I have adopted in my life is one day at a time, one step at a time. Sometimes it can be in one minute at a time. And so that's been my journey. It's a continuous journey. I have days where it's just, I'm just like a mess because I just want to cry because I miss this person and I let it be. So um, my, my, that's me. And I, I think I allow myself to feel my emotions, but I don't dwell on them. So that's been my journey. That is my healing journey when it comes to grief and loss. I acknowledge so there are times when I will feel hurt and I'll allow myself to feel hurt, but I won't stop there because the problem sometimes is we want to feel hurt and stay there and have a pity party. So I allow myself to feel hurt and I make sure people in my circle now just be like, guys, today 
I'm not having the best day. I'm not having one of those days where I'm having one of those days where I'm just down. I miss this woman. And that's normal because it's been about accepting that that's normal because I lost someone, someone who was a huge, someone who literally gave birth to me, you know? So I acknowledge and accept um, my reality. And um, then I, I find ways to move past it. So it's been about, okay, so I acknowledge that I've lost my mom and I acknowledge in this moment that I miss her. However, if I keep dwelling on like miss, like of course I miss her every single day, I miss her. Um, and yet I have to keep moving. I have to keep pushing. And so I choose to give thanks. I choose to be grateful. And so it's like, I miss you and um, I'll cry. I will cry. One thing about me, like I cry. <laughs> so I will cry, cry, cry my, all my tears dry. And then say, okay, so I miss you, but I'm grateful for the moments that we shared. I'm grateful for every little encounter, every laugh, every tear, every hug that we shared. And that's what helps me move on. That's what helps. And I say, thank you, God, for um, the opportunity to, to have this woman. And I think what has helped is just how beautiful, she had a beautiful soul. And so it's how every time I, I hear or see someone post or talk about her or tell me that I remind them of her like that just warms my heart and it's like thank you god that at least there's a little bit of her in me and i see her every in all the people that she impacted there's not a time that will go there i know mommy just fondly known as mommy Louie. and i oh, mommy Louie, no what and it's those moments that i choose to hold on to yeah that's beautiful and i'm really glad that you've had such a strong support system because in our conversation thus far, you've kept on referring to the people around you and how supported mm -hmm. they've been. And not many people have that, you know, mm -hmm. people have had to go through their grief by themselves, no support system whatsoever. And that's just really mm -hmm. amazing. So how has grief been in just healing with the family as a whole? Um, it's been a journey. It's been about, it's taken a lot of understanding and our journey as a family has had a lot of growth. It's taken a lot of growth from everyone. Um, but it's beautiful because my mom ensured that we had a very beautiful relationship, like even just with my siblings. And so that, that um, was really helpful. And so it's been acknowledging and understanding each other to say, this is how this person is. I am the most, I am the oldest, but the most emotional. My siblings are not emotional. Like they're not like me. So it's been about me understanding to say my, my people, um, my father is uh, also like this and taking people, everyone has taken each other. We have taken each other as we are. And acknowledge to say this is the personality that this one has. And so the grief will manifest or show up in this way. And ours is to be there and support and say, hey, look, we're here. And this is how you do it. And even in situations where, oh, it's been messed up. I remember one um, time when things got really emotional. There was a lot of anger. And it's just been about reminding each other. Because we all lost someone. And 
yeah, it's been about understanding really when it comes to grief, healing, and the family. Because everyone wants to claim, you know, like you've lost someone and there's that human part of you that wants to say, me, I lost, but it's like reminding each other, look, we've all lost someone. She was this to you, she was this to me. And so let's all just take a step back. Let's take a breath back and acknowledge that all of us are in this together. We have each other's back. Yeah, that's, that's really beautiful. And just as we sort of almost wrap up, what, in retrospect, what mm-hmm. do you think you would have needed to be done or to be told to make the grieving process much easier for you? I think what would have made it easier um, for me is just to be told, allowed to, to just be, to have been allowed to feel what I'm feeling and not be judged for it. Because I hid a lot of my emotions because of, you know, how the environment was set up at some point. And so being told, and so I strive. And because I lacked that, for me, even wherever I am, one thing I always ensure is I allow someone to be. So that would have really helped me a lot. Just be allowed to be, allowed to say what you need to say. Obviously, like with correction, because not just careless talking, but just being allowed to grieve, not to be an adult, not to be what, not to have all these expectations. But yeah. Yeah. So after after all has happened, after all has been said and done, and after you've unlearned and you've dropped the walls of flight or fight, are you now to a point where you you don't hide your emotions? Because I think you mentioned that you had to be strong. Are you now to a point where after all the women's organizations and all this, are you to a point where now you can you can finally let it let it out and you can be vulnerable with another person yes absolutely like um i i I, yes because even just being able i now speak confidently about it i'm even able to talk look i lost my mom and i do that so that like you know i'm even spreading awareness so that in case someone goes through something and they feel alone i'm constantly like you have a place that you can start from. I am very much, I, I, I'm in that point in my journey where at least I am confident enough to, to speak about it. I'm confident enough to um, encourage someone. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. in a way of like grief for me, grief will always have a special place in my heart because of my mom. And so my heart naturally navigates when I just hear, even when I just hear, when I just hear this one has lost the mom, I'm just like, shame. Like, I know, because that is the pain that I relate with the most. So um, that's, yeah, that's it for me. I'm just very much able to, and I ensure that I always, always, in whatever space, I have to make sure that people know, not for, 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 for self-pity or, no, no, but just so that, I need people to understand that they're not alone. And so even in all the spaces that I'm in, if someone is going through that, I really just make sure I stand up and I, I'm just there like, please, I am here. You do not have to go through this alone because 
I understand. It's because even that, oh, that's another thing that I lacked. Someone coming to say, I understand what you have gone through because I went through it. Okay. So, yeah. What, 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 uh, there's something that just came to me. It's, you know how we are so closed off and so scared to show our pain. Why do you think mm-hmm. that is? Why do you think we are so scared to show our vulnerability to other people or to just show that we are going through pain? Why should we always have to pretend to pretend that, you know, what, I'm, I'm strong or what? Why, why do you think that is? Um, society. The, that is the norm. You have to be strong. And we live in a society where everyone is being told you have to be strong, you have to be tough. And of course, yes, there's a time when you have to be tough. But the narrative has gone so wide that we have forgotten that we have to acknowledge our emotions. We have to acknowledge how we are feeling. And so because that is the norm, because you know what happens around us, it, it affects us more than we think. So because that is, I'll use trending for lack of a better word, because that what, that's what's trending. Um, that's why we feel the need. And also because I believe there's a lot of hurt. You know, there's a lot of hurt and no one is actually addressing hurt that's going around. We're all just covering it up with whatever. So it makes it difficult. So I, one saying that I actually love that, that now that you've asked this is the strength in vulnerability. And we had a session even at church where we, with the young adults, we were having conversations and having people just being vulnerable. And we live in a time where being vulnerable Although now I do see it's better than way back, but it's it has been shunned for the longest being vulnerable. And what people don't realize is there is so much strength. I actually relate better and I am drawn to someone who is vulnerable with me because there there's trust. So because we don't trust each other, we don't um, have the capacity to be vulnerable with one another. And that trust is not there because society again we live in a time where everything anything and everything we do everything for clout we want to post for the sake of content even where there's no content you go and start finding content and it creates mistrust and people fear so then you have fear coming into play and people now just not wanting to be vulnerable yeah that's true i think as a society to be honest we need to get to a place of just allowing people to feel because you know all these things are the reason why we're having so many mental issues that we are still yeah. also scared to yes. address because we 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 walk very we walk on eggshells around things of grief and all these things and this is just also one of the biggest causes of depression and all that because people are not being allowed to grieve and people are not being allowed to feel how their emotions come yeah so now for a person who is out there now currently going through this someone who's just lost a parent what would you say to them oh i that that is is a lot i think i would say allow yourself to grieve allow yourself to feel allow yourself to be because um, in 
the times again like we're saying society we're living in it's very easy people will have all these notions all these but just allow yourself to be to grieve to feel yeah beautiful this has been a low-key therapy session (laughs) 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 and uh, it's really been amazing having you here abby and just having you speak on this and just share your experience with me and with everybody else out there thank you so much for being on behind closed doors thank you for having me it's been such an honor ah it's been yeah it's been (laughs) a lot but it's been a lot nice a lot like you know how you can say it's a lot and it's bad yeah but thank you the opportunity as well amazing so where can people find you online how can we support you you can find me online everywhere um (laughs) my personal um accounts on social media twitter and instagram it's uh, my account is abby agreli that's my handle and on facebook that's abby chansa and then for all the socials, my handle is the one with the talking for the podcast. So it's the one with the talking on all socials. So guys, go and follow Abby Agurley, Abigail Chansa, the one with the talking podcast. Go listen to content about hope, love, faith. She's an amazing <laughs> person. You've heard her here. She has wisdom to drop. So go listen to her. listener what are your thoughts on grief what is your grief story what is your loss story i know it is something so difficult to go through but we're a community we're the voice that says you are not alone i am with you i am going through this too i am a real person going through these things tell us your story share with us on our pages on instagram and twitter Behind Closed Doors, the podcast. Until next time, goodbye from Behind Closed Doors.